0: Romans three nineteen through thirty one page eleven eighty if you have the regular size uh, print in the pew Bibles. Romans nine I'm excuse me, Romans three, nineteen through thirty one. Now we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be silenced and the whole world held accountable to God. Therefore, no one will be declared righteous in his sight by observing the law. Rather, through the law, we become conscious of sin. But now a a righteousness from God, apart from law, has been made known, to which the law and the prophets testify. This righteousness from God comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. God presented him as a sacrifice of atonement through faith in his blood. He did this to demonstrate his justice because in his forbearance he had left the sins committed beforehand unpunished. He did it to demonstrate his justice at the present time so as to be just and And the one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus. Where then is boasting? It is excluded. On what principle? On that of observing the law? No, on that of faith. For we maintain that a man is justified by faith apart from observing the law. Is God the God of Jews only? Is he not the God of Gentiles too? Yes, of Gentiles too. Since there is only one God who will justify the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised through that same faith, do we then nullify the law by this faith? Not at all. Rather, we uphold the law. May God have his blessings to the reading of his word. All right. Well, we're back in our Sinners and Saints series
1: today. And, you know, in ministry, uh, you... Get to meet all different kinds of people, and and that maybe came as a little bit of a surprise to me. I kind of had a, this idea that if I went into full time ministry, uh, then I would be like cutting all my ties with the real world, so to speak. Um, and I suppose it's possible to do that. But over the years, I've been surprised at how many real world people, you know, still are interested in Jesus, still, uh, you know, are curious at least, uh, have a sense that not all as well in their world and are looking for something and so you end up running into and talking with all kinds of people and and today I want to address last week we we addressed dear sinner and we spent the first half of this series talking to saints and today I want to do something a little different and, and address this one to uh, dear sinner who wants to be a saint because perhaps you've met people like this. I know I have and, and definitely have heard a lot of stories about folks like this. Who It's not that they don't believe that there is a God or that there is this Jesus person. It's just that they don't think it's for them for whatever reason. And, and there's different reasons that we hear, right? And perhaps you've had this reason in your life. Perhaps you do today. Or at the very least you probably have known someone or know someone that uh, they, they kind of fall into one of these categories there's, there's the person who says look I just am not the Christian type right I'm not the church type I'm not the Jesus type that's just not me then there's also the people who say look I've done too much wrong I've, I've messed up too much in my life right he can't save me I'm beyond saving I'm, ho- I'm a hopeless case and then there's also the ones that say, either explicitly or kind of by their actions, that, well, I just, I need to get my life together first. I've got some things that I need to get straightened out because I'm, you know, I don't look like a church person yet. I don't look like a Jesus person yet. I've got some stuff I need to take care of before I can come to church, before I can get right with God, before I can have faith in Jesus, before Jesus would accept me. And today I want to just make the best case that I can that none of those are valid reasons for rejecting a relationship with Jesus Christ. Not one of them. In fact, I could only think of two reasons that in my mind would be valid reasons to reject Jesus Christ. One would be if you don't believe he existed or if you don't believe that he is who he said he was or that he died for our sins and resurrected if you don't believe that about Jesus then why would you uh, or if you genuinely prefer and I don't I don't mean this rudely but if you prefer living in hell with Satan his way all the brokenness of this world I don't just mean someday in hell but if, you, or if you're good with the way the world is if you're good with the way your world is uh, then, then why bother to do something different about it uh, why, why want a better life if you're good with the way life is now I would understand either of those reasons but all those other reasons that people give for reasons not to follow Jesus not to believe in Jesus I don't think they hold water and I'm going to make the best case that I can for that today. And so if you're, if you're here today and that's you, or you're here today and that's someone you know, uh, you know, chances are you may have a hard time getting them to listen to this message, even online. And so you may need to be the one that communicates to them. And so I think there's something here for all of us to internalize, whether it's something that you need to hear or be reminded of, or whether it's something that you may need to share with someone someday. So we read this passage from the Apostle Paul, and this is a, a, a letter to the Romans. And it's we're so thankful we have this letter. It, there's a lot of questions that get answered by Paul in this letter to the Romans. I mean, if you think Christians seem confused and divided on theology and stuff today, just imagine if Paul had never sat down and explained some things to us. It would be crazy. But thankfully he did, and this is one of those letters that sometimes it's hard to follow him a little bit, but man, he gets down into the details of what faith is about, of how salvation works, of what it should look like once we become saved. It's a letter worth spending some time in, worth scratching your head about worth studying, uh, worth coming to grips with. So if you're looking for something to study in scripture, maybe uh, try Romans. Now, Paul's a good person to speak on this subject today because if you want to talk about someone who is the wrong type, who had done too much wrong, who probably should have gotten his life in order before he before Jesus, uh, before joining the Jesus movement, then surely it would be this guy who was out persecuting and murdering Christians when Jesus picked him and gave him this special assignment not only to clarify so much for us through the ages but to reach much, much of his world with the gospel. There's a, I mean I don't know, maybe God would have picked someone else if, if Paul hadn't worked out, but there's a good chance that you and I are here today because of the work that Jesus did through this one who was the wrong type and who had done too much wrong and probably should have got his life in order first. But listen to what he said. He said, No one can ever be made right with God by doing what the law commands. The law simply shows us how sinful we are. In other words, okay, law, you know, Moses comes down off the mountain, he's got the Ten Commandments, and then there's some more that, that the Jews would group in with that as well in Jesus' day, but as a whole, you know, the rules, following the rules, was the way that you were right in their minds. And Jesus changed all of that, and Paul's sitting here saying, look, no one can ever be made right with God by following the rules, We've all sinned, he said. We're all short of the mark. We all need help. And following the rules is not going to get you there. What does it do? It shows us how sinful we are. So all of us were the wrong type. All of us had done too much to ever get right. None of us could ever get our life in order. In fact, the whole point of the rules was to show us that we couldn't. (laughs) That there's no way to get your life in order. That yes, you're the wrong type. And yes, you've done too much wrong. And that's the whole point. That's why you need Jesus. And so then he goes on, and he doesn't just leave it at that. He gives the answer as to... What can be done about this? And he says, we are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And he says, this is true for everyone who believes. And in just in case you didn't know who everyone is, no matter who we are. <laughs> he just, let's just be clear about it. And so we might sum it up this way. Nobody is too good to need Jesus Nobody is too bad to believe Jesus. Nobody. (laughs) No matter who you are, he said. The same fact is true about every single person, according to Paul, who ought to know. Nobody's too good to need Jesus. Nobody's too bad to believe Jesus. Nobody. Now, I could hear someone saying, well, that's nice for you and Paul preacher man why should I believe y'all and so I just want to spend a few minutes showing you a few examples from Jesus own life if you can't believe Jesus on it you know then you probably fall into one of those groups that I mentioned of legitimate reasons not to follow Jesus and that's that you just don't like Jesus or don't believe in him or whatever so let me just talk to you about the Jesus we read about in scripture not the Jesus that maybe you've heard about someplace, but the one that we find in scripture, and I'm going to tell you about three people that he came in contact with, that I feel like fit these categories and, uh, and I'll even tell you where you find them, and so you can go read about them for yourself later but I'm just going to tell you the stories first uh, there's one story about a lady who was the wrong type she was not the Jewish type, not the Christian type not the churchy type. Not the Jesus type. In fact, she was coming for a drink of water. And Jesus was hanging out. I think his disciples, this is just my theory, but it's educated <laughs> a little bit. They told him to hang out by, outside of town while they went in to find some food. Because that town was full of the wrong type. And they didn't want Jesus having to mix with them. We don't know this woman's name exactly, but we're going to call her Sam. And this is our picture because she was thirsty. (laughs) She was going to get some water. We'll call her Sam. And we'll call her Sam because she was a Samaritan. A Samaritan woman. Kind of an irreputable Samaritan woman. Samaritan woman with some baggage. And not, not the Christian type for sure. Not the church type for sure. Not... Uh, not the synagogue type. No. Really, none of her people were. In that day... See, Jesus was from northern Israel. And Jerusalem was down in the middle. And to get to Jerusalem, which they had to do several times a year for festivals and things, they had to travel to Jerusalem. And there's this block of space in between called Samaria. And all the Samaritans were the wrong type, according to every Jew ever. Right? And, and not the people you want to associate with they were hated, they were dis- disgusting, they were uh, you know, you don't mix with them most Jews would walk around and if they had to walk through for some reason oh, you know, shake the dust off your feet, get out of there as fast as you can, little wonder that they leave Jesus outside of town while they go into town but while Jesus is sitting there by this well, biding his time along comes Sam the wrong type And Jesus strikes up a conversation with her. She didn't strike up a conversation with him because she was the wrong type. And she knew that. Women didn't really just strike up conversations with men much, and especially, especially Samaritans and Samaritan women, especially, did not strike up conversations with Jewish men. So Jesus initiates a conversation. He uh, mentions all the things that she's done wrong and how her life is such a mess that he just knows this because he's Jesus. All the reasons why she's the wrong type, too, see? But he also invites her, doesn't he? If you're familiar with the story, he invites her, he tempts her with what he called living water, since they're sitting there at a well. A better kind of water, a spiritual water for her soul. He practically flat out tells her that he's the Messiah. She goes and invites the whole town out to hear him. Can you imagine the disciples' faces when they come back and there's a whole crowd of the wrong type? Jesus, we left you out of town so that you wouldn't have to mingle with the wrong type. And then here's Jesus, surrounded with the wrong type. Because that's the exact people he came for. So, that excuse, that reason, for not following Jesus, doesn't hold water. That whole town of wrong types invited Jesus to stay with them a couple days. And guess what he said? Sure because he came for the wrong type let me tell you about another guy that was in John 4 if you're interested in reading more about the Samaritan woman that was Sam the next guy we know his name Uh, his name was Zacchaeus but just to make it more comfortable we can call him Zach probably should have spelled it with two C's because that's how he spelled it but uh, Zach had done too much wrong to ever follow Jesus. And the thing about Zach was. Not only had he done too much wrong. Everybody knew he had done. Too much wrong. We were talking just the other day. About tax collectors. Uh, Zacchaeus was a chief tax collector. It means he's high up the chain. It means he's rich. At other people's expense. Other people he had cheated. And robbed. By using. The authority of the people in power who were oppressing his own people. That's pretty sick, if you think about it. He's in league with the enemy of his own people. To steal from his own people and make himself wealthy. There's a reason why when people in that day talked about sinners, tax collectors were at the top of the list and they hung out with sinner types and they partied like sinners with their money, <laughs> their, their neighbor's money, right? This was a case of a, of a guy who had done too much wrong and everybody knew it. But for whatever reason, he was interested in Jesus. Dear sinner who wants to be a saint, right? Uh, the problem was that uh, you know Jesus was coming through town, but Zach was short. Now I don't know how that works, <clears throat> but those of you who've stood behind me probably you get the feeling sometimes you can't see much because of the tall people around you, and, uh, and so Zach, being particularly short, if he wanted to see Jesus, was going to have to get up, and so famously he climbed up a sycamore tree. Little details like that in Scripture make it feel like the eyewitness accounts that we believe it is, don't they? I mean, why point out that it was a certain kind of tree, you know? But climbed up a sycamore tree. Now that's interesting to me because if he wanted a meeting with Jesus, surely one of the richest guys in town would have had the power to make it happen some way or another. But he doesn't ask for a private meeting he just wants to catch a glimpse of Jesus why? I think because he knew he was the wrong he had done too much wrong to ever follow Jesus he knew that there are certain types of wrong that you do that you can't take back that no matter how much you try you can't make it right But he climbs up the tree just to catch a look. And to his surprise, even though the whole crowd there knew that he had done too much wrong to ever get right, Jesus stops, looks up at him. Who knows? I don't know how tall of a tree it was. Maybe they didn't have to look up too high. I don't know. But he looks up at him and says, Get out of that tree, man. I'm coming to your house for lunch. Now to us... Be like, you're doing what? I haven't cleaned, <laughs> you know. But in that day, uh, you know that was that was a huge honor that this teacher, this famous teacher, just come to town, wants to come to your house. What a blessing! What an honor! Undeserved. Zach is wowed by this. The whole crowd is set back on their heels a little bit by this. Doesn't Jesus know this is the wrong type, that he's done too much wrong? Jesus invites himself over. And in response, Zach says, I'm going to give half of all my stuff away to the poor. And I'm going to repay anyone that I've cheated double. I just want to point out that he didn't do that so that he could get in Jesus' good graces he did that when he found out that he was in Jesus' good graces that made all the difference for him and I also want to point out that when he did that it didn't make what he had done okay there's a very real sense in which he had done too much wrong to ever make it right so if you ever feel like I've done too much wrong, yes you have. Zach could have given away all of his money. And it still wouldn't have made it right. When you steal from people, it, it can literally ruin their life. I mean, it can, it can send them to debtor's prison, right? In that day. Or worse. It can affect entire families and entire communities. And just by giving back what you've stolen or even increasing it doesn't change what has happened or what's been set in motion in the past or how it has adversely affected their family. So he had done too much wrong. But Jesus didn't seem to think that that was anything that should stop him from following him. Last person. Oh, by the way, Zach's in Luke 19, if you want to read about him. Full name Zacchaeus. If you don't see a Zach there, that's why. One more guy, and this is found in Luke 23. And this one is an example of, for, for people who feel like they need to get their life in order first before coming to Jesus. We don't have his name, so we'll call him John Doe, because that's what we call. Bodies that we don't have a name for, right? And when we meet John Doe, he's about to be a corpse that we don't have a name for. All we know is he was a criminal. And all we know is that he was hanging on a cross beside Jesus, about to die. There were two people hanging on either side of Jesus, we're told and at least one of them mocked Jesus this guy either initially or eventually in that process of hanging on those crosses and excruciating pain, which by the way have you ever thought about where the word excruciating comes from it comes from crucifixion and as they're there this one turns to Jesus And makes a statement that proves that he believes Jesus is who Jesus said he was, that he believes Jesus is the King, the Messiah. Now, in in Rome, in that day, they didn't have something we call due process. They had a process, it was pretty speedy, but it wasn't what we would call due process. And they liked uh, to carry out justice pretty swiftly. If you were accused and found guilty by whoever was in authority at that time, then uh, you would have your punishment dealt out immediately. Maybe that would be a beating. Maybe that would be a beheading. Or if it was an especially bad crime, one that they wanted to make sure that they made Point of. See, you got to think about what, what was the purpose of crucifixion. It was to make a public statement, to publicly shame some particular act. So, definitely any act of rebellion, which was the trumped up charge that Jesus was crucified for, or some kind of crime that they deemed so heinous that it needed a public example. So we don't know what these two criminals exactly had done. We don't know their story, or what they were accused of exactly. But we know that neither of them denied deserving to be up there. And this one in particular said, look, you know, when, the, when, his guy, when the guy across from him was, uh, was berating Jesus along with the religious leaders saying, why don't you get us down off these crosses if you are who you said you are? Then this other thief says, look man, You and me, we deserve what we're getting, but he doesn't. And he says, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. What a bizarre thing to say to someone nailed to a cross beside you. Unless you have pretty incredible faith. And Jesus said to him, Today, you'll be with me in paradise. After you get your life in order. not quite he didn't have time to get his life in order did he he was convicted and nailed to a cross to die for his life being out of order Jesus never asked him to get his life in order and it didn't require getting his life in order to place his faith in Jesus Christ To believe that Jesus was who he said he was. And that he was doing what he said he would do. He believed. He didn't need a second chance. He just needed faith. And that's in Luke 23. So you see. Nobody is too good to need Jesus. Nobody is too bad to believe Jesus. Nobody. So if you're in that boat where you feel like you're just not the Christian type, then you need to realize that that makes you the right type. Jesus didn't come for people who felt like they were the right type. He didn't come for people who who felt like they had it together. He said explicitly, time and again, he came for those who were the wrong type. He came for those who were sick, not those who were well. For those who were in the wrong, not those who were in the right. He came on a rescue mission. And so if you feel like you're not the Christian type, then you're exactly the type that Jesus wants to meet and invite. If you feel like you've done too much wrong, and then first off, that didn't stop Jesus from speaking with a number of people, including Zacchaeus, whom everyone thought had done too much wrong, themselves included. And be careful with that line of thinking. Because if you're not careful, that can end up being an extremely prideful thing to say it sounds like humility to say oh I've done too much wrong but in truth what you're saying when you say that is that you have done too much wrong for Jesus sacrifice and his blood and his crucifixion to work for you he needed to do something more for you because you're a special case right your sins, God didn't know that people could sin like you could sin <laughs> when he sent Jesus or else he would have done something grander, right? So nothing more could be given than what God's son gave. And yes, you've done too much wrong. And yes, you can never make it all right. The consequences of our sin leads to brokenness all the time. But yes, you can find hope and peace and a relationship with Jesus Christ. And maybe you're in that last boat where you felt like, hey, I just need to get some things in order. I- A lot of times, those folks don't even walk in the doors of a church because they feel like they need to look more churchy before they get there, right? And they need to act more churchy before they get there. And so, this is more likely someone you're going to meet out there. They don't feel like they're. that they have to get their life in order first. And and so, maybe you just need to tell them the story about John Doe. Who couldn't get his life in order? He didn't have a chance. and Jesus still welcomed them. Or maybe tell him about Zacchaeus who didn't get his life in order until Jesus said, "I want a relationship with you, just as you are." And that was what inspired him. See because that's what the Apostle Paul teaches that we aren't made right by God uh, you know, by the law but it's by placing our faith in Jesus Christ remember what he said about the law is there to show us that we need Jesus faith is what matters as far as saving not can you follow all the rules and that's important because Christianity is so much different than other religions on that point we don't follow the rules to get right with God we get right with God to do the right things. We don't do right to get right. We get right to do right. It's a whole different. Way of thinking. This Jesus way. But we truly believe. That nobody is too good to need Jesus. Nobody too bad to believe Jesus. Nobody. So if you believe Jesus. If you really do. If you believe. That his hand reaches even to you. That he. He. Lived and did these things that he died for your sins that God rose him from the dead victorious over death and hell and the grave then what do you do with that? People have been asking that question all along and what Jesus and the apostles said you do with that is you repent and be baptized repenting Meaning to turn from your old life and embrace his new way of life. It's a better way of life. It's a better way of life, friend. And baptism being the one outward act that he asks from us to to publicly declare and symbolize what, what we're doing in our faith and repentance. So maybe that's where you're at today. And you do believe in Jesus. And you do find yourself wanting to follow him. But there's been reasons and questions and doubts holding you up. But if you would take Jesus at his word. Take Paul at his word. Take a preacher at his word. (laughs) Then maybe. Maybe you would choose to repent and be baptized today. The Jesus you met today is the real Jesus. The one recorded for us by eyewitnesses and passed down from generation to generation things that he actually did, things that he actually said and you can read about them. Don't take other people's word for it or lies that you've been told about how it works that Jesus only takes certain kinds of people or something like that. Like I said, there's only two reasons I can think of. One, that you prefer life the way it is. And you don't want a better life. (laughs) You don't want God's way of life. Or two, that you don't believe Jesus was who he said he was, did what he did. Or you just don't like him. It's the only reasons to reject Jesus. Not the Christians you've met that you don't like, or any of those other reasons. This is between you and Jesus. So if you'd like to lay hold of a better life, Jesus is in what we might call the reclamation business. Reclaiming lives that hell has stolen. And so maybe that could be you today. Will you stand with me? And let's pray. Father, thank you for your plan to save us from ourselves and our sin. We confess our need for forgiveness, even as we thank you for Jesus' sacrifice on the cross and his victory over death and the grave. Holy Spirit, help us overcome our hang-ups and And the human logic that tells us that we can't be saved. Today we lay hold of you and your way of life. Even as we give you our very lives. We pray in Jesus name. Amen.